Hello. Before we start today's episode, if you would like a condensed version of what I'm talking about in this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to The Perfectionist Guide. You can read the entire thing in three minutes or less. To access this, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash newsletter. Are you a bit of a perfectionist, type A, hyper performer? Then you know what it is like when your perfectionism is a constant god-awful companion. But it doesn't have to be. If you are ready to burn bright instead of burning out, to lead without losing yourself, and to enjoy the life you have worked so hard to create, then keep listening. I'm your host, America's leader on rewiring perfectionism, CLG, and this is Perfectionism Rewired, the podcast. Welcome to Perfectionism Rewired. Today, this episode is like lifting up the hood of a car to see an engine, except the car is you and the engine does not work at all like you believed it did and like you were taught it did. You are getting the counterintuitive ways that your perfectionistic mind processes reality and why understanding this will help you feel 90% less anxious and also more empowered, more in control of your life. There is an epidemic of misinformation being spread about perfectionism perfectionists, perfectionistic tendencies, and how our human brain actually works. I want you to be able to continue to trust Perfectionism Rewired, that's this podcast, and me, CLG, as a cutting-edge, credible source. That is why everything in this episode is cited with top-tier scientific medical journals. Now, before you hit pause, Don't you worry, because I'm not going to like do the annoying footnotes while I'm talking to you. But if you go to the show notes, you will see that there is a section cited sources in this episode. If you want to read (laughs) these very dense scientific medical journals yourself. This is the second episode in a Supreme series all about looking underneath the hood of our perfectionism and the human brain works. In your mind right now, if you are saying, oh no, I haven't listened to that one, I'm behind, stop. Stop right now, thank you very much. I designed each episode in this series like an outfit from Tom Ford for Gucci at one of his early 2000 fashion shows. This episode is incredible on its own and it's also supremely stellar when you consume them together. If you want to go back and listen to the other episode, you can, but like I would just tune into this one because this is my favorite episode so far. Speaking of favorites, my client Kelly, I asked her to review what it was like working with me, and this is what she said. The truth is I am a perfectionist, and it sucks when it's running the show. Pretending it doesn't exist or ignoring it was me turning my back on a major part of myself. I'm a better mom, wife, leader, sister, daughter, friend, just like a better human because now I can speak to my brain in a language we both understand, understand, and all caps, it listens, exclamation point. Initially, it was challenging and it was uncomfortable and it felt good, all caps. It feels good to finally, all caps, stop fighting myself to 
finally not be at the mercy of my emotions and say, I am the architect of my life and actually believe it, period. That is for my client, Kelly. We worked together for a year inside of Perfectionism Leverage. Perfectionism Leverage is my more advanced, you're like really eager to like dig in. And this other stuff that I've done hasn't really worked. I feel like you get me, let's go. If that sounds like you and you want to be my next client, shout out Coolio. I want that for you too. Go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash optimized. As perfectionists, we tend to feel like we're reacting to what's happening around us. The boss sends you an email that CCs HR saying, we need to talk. You can collect your belongings if you want before. Come join us in the conference room. Your mind is racing. You're for sure getting fired. And right before the new year, we knew this was coming. I bet it was that report you sent to the board. You know, the one you majorly messed up a projection by 0.001%. You thought nobody noticed, but ding dong, you're wrong. Your career is dead. Harvard Business Review says it takes one month for every $10,000 of salary to find a job in a good economy. That means it's 3.5 years if you're lucky. At least you've been active on LinkedIn. (laughs) Just kidding. Failure face. You've been so busy doing sloppy subpar work. Your LinkedIn looks pathetic. Bet you're wishing you wouldn't have blown off that meeting with those LinkedIn recruiters because you wanted to be a good mom. What kind of good mom gets fired? What are you going to do when it's your turn for career corner? And what about how everyone's totally staring at you as you pack up your stuff? This is mortifying. You are an embarrassment. You know what? Just like leave everything in your office. I know that that painting was expensive, but at least you'll have a modicum of dignity as you walk to the conference room with your backpack. Maybe leaving behind all your beautiful office supplies and that room board coffee table will teach you to be better. Now your cheeks are flushed, so if anyone didn't see you walking by, they for sure do now. You're like the Kool-Aid man if they were profusely sweating through that gray blouse. Just when I thought today couldn't get any worse, now you have pit stains? Gross. Now you'll forever be known as the dumb department head with pit stains. All of that activity, it happens in milliseconds. You get into the conference room. You sink into your seat. Your boss has the report you made, the 0.001% projection error, in their hands, aka your scarlet letter. Your boss says, I thought you were amazing, Allison, but this, this is your boss pauses. It's terrible, dreadful, no good, very bad, just get over with it. But this is your waiting for the bomb to drop extraordinary. Your boss tells you that you and your team are moving up to a new wing in the building and you are getting a promotion. Although you might've been led to believe that your racing thoughts cause the pit stains, the profuse sweating, the cheeks being flushed, the panic, it's actually the opposite. Your brain made predictions before the pit stains, the cheeks being flushed, the racing heart, and other physical symptoms were noticed. Your brain picked up on the sensory data that was creating them before. What kind of sensory data? Well, the uh uh-oh you get, your boss emails you. And the hundreds of times you've used awfulness to motivate yourself. All of the times that you have fixated on everything that could go wrong. All of the times you've magnified a mistake like 0.001% off in a projection in a report that nobody else noticed but you and running the F away from any sort of feeling of uncomfy, inadequate, or the F word, feeling like a failure. 
When you think about all of the ingredients that you have stocked up in your own perfectionist pantry with your sensory data, doesn't it just make complete sense why you feel your heart racing and you experience anxiety when one little thing goes awry? In this scenario I shared with you, the prediction was wrong. This is called a prediction error in science speak. And getting up to speed on prediction errors will save your sanity and it might just change your life. Prediction errors are the flower of the perfectionism pasta. Hit subscribe to find out in the upcoming episodes what the other two ingredients are in our perfectionism pasta. Prediction errors are the flower of the perfectionism pasta. Predicting and correcting is a much more efficient way than reacting all the time. It's a two-step process, predicting and correcting. It's basically like a dance, and it's a dance that perfectionistic brains are very clumsy at. What your brain is doing all of the time is that it's making these guesses and then comparing them to sensory data from your person and from the world around it. And it's just constantly trying to figure out what's the most metabolically efficient thing to do. It's reducing uncertainty. I have a really trippy example for you. Okay, every person I tell this to, they're like, no way. And they look it up and then they're like, oh yeah, CLG, you were right. Okay, so how trippy is this? When you feel wetness like under your arms or you feel dampness on your skin for any reason, we have no wetness sensors in our skin. Your epidermis, it has touch sensors and it has temperature sensors, but there's no wetness sensors. Well, then how come I can feel when it rains or I can feel water in the shower? Because your brain is integrating the information about touch with the information about temperature to construct a prediction of what water will feel like on your skin. Everything that you do and every single thing that you feel and think, your lived experience, what's actually going on is your brain is drawing on your deep backlog of experience and memory. It's using that as building blocks to construct what it believes is your reality while cross-referencing it with sensory data from your heart, your lungs, your metabolism, your immune system, your information diet, your surroundings. And then it's doing this inner calculus where it's adjusting as needed. The sensory data that our brain reads, it comes out of the oven due to causes that are going on inside your body, like the amount of bile that you have. Your brain doesn't know what the causes actually are. So guess what your brain has got to do? It has to guess, yes, your perfect brain doesn't know what the right answer is. Your brain, it it can't procrastinate. It doesn't have that luxury because it is running the most sophisticated network on the planet, that's you, one millisecond of hesitation or heaven forbid, one minute of procrastination, you'd be dead, literally, you'd be dead. And then brain would be fired from its job. And we never want brain to be fired from its job. Reading this sensory data, that's our job. Brain can't do that, but we can. 
And reading your sensory data is the language that you've never been taught, but it is the most important one for perfectionists to know. And that language is called interoception. If you are anything like me, I get really excited when I find out about a new topic like interoception. But then what happens is that after I like go down the rabbit hole for a bit, reality strikes. Like actually implementing these skills it is tough. You're just like, I don't know what to do. Getting started, it can be tricky for any mere mortal, but a perfectionist, a type A driven high achiever, what is poison to your progress is, what should I do? Will I do it right? Or maybe you're one of the lucky ones and you get started, like you, maybe you already have. You started implementing some of the cool tools that I've shared with you on the podcast and you hit a few bumps. If you are feeling frustrated, then that's all that you can focus on. And you're like, I'm such a failure. I, and then you punish yourself. So you don't know what the correct response is. You're like, oh my God, does this mean that I'm doomed? What should I, you know what I mean? Should I do? And then guess who comes in on their parachute? Doubt, doubt drops in. Plus all of this is on top of you doing the balancing act of all of the other demands on you from being a multifaceted human. While you are trying to implement something new, all that it does is it just makes it even more complicated. Let's just skip the sucky part. Just be brave today instead of delaying it. I am always on the lookout for ways that I can shrink the window of suckage in your life. This is one of them, but only you can do that. Only you can take advantage of that. And if you want to take advantage of that, you can go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash optimize. There is a link in the show notes. Your perfectionist interoceptive network encompasses your emotions, your homeostasis, everything that has to do with your body, like whether or not you get a pimple on your face, as well as your thinking, your perceiving, your remembering, your presence, your ability to be present, and so much more. The problem is that your brain can't translate it. That's your job. If you were never taught the language of interoception, like if you can't speak it, it's like if you're in a foreign, you don't have a translator and you don't have anything, you just need to go off. That's what your brain's doing. Brains only ask intelligent questions. So like a brain would never be like, what is this? Because if the brain were to do that, you would die. Remember, it can't have a millisecond of hesitation. So instead, when the brain is doing its thing, it asks, what is the sensory data? What is this pattern? What is it similar to? And then what it does is it goes, and it searches your past experiences. Your brain is making guesses, aka predictions, tomato, tomato, about what is going to happen next so that it knows what to do next to keep you alive perfectionists, your actions, your emotions, your everything that you experience comes from the predictions your brain is making about what's going to happen next. You are never reacting to an experience as it unfolds. This is why I ask my clients when they say it made me feel self-conscious. I, I ask them, why did you choose to feel that way? 
This is why dopamine is nicknamed the predictor neurotransmitter. That's how much brains love being right. They make a prediction, it comes through. Calculations are correct. If you think about anyone that works in accounting or finance, don't they love it when the budget matches the actuals? Same thing with your brain. But wait, where do these predictions come from? Those predictions come from what you read, what you see in the news, what you watch on television, the podcasts that you listen to, the feeds that you scroll on, the supermarkets that you shop at, the neighborhood that you live in. This is why we curate your information diet when we work together inside of Perfectionism Leveraged one-on-one coaching that teaches you this language. Your predictions come from a world that others curate for you. I used to be part of that world. As I say that, I feel like Ariel right now. (laughs) I used to be part of that world ahead of global PR for a major studio. Trillions of dollars are spent every year to make you blind, deaf, and to diminish your voice. As a perfectionist, it is highly, highly profitable for you to believe that there's something wrong with you, for you to be scared, for you to feel sick, and for you to be stuck. In my notes, I'm very profitable to keep you scared, sick, and stuck. And I was all three of those, and I was creating the information that everyone believes is truth. I'm now using my powers for good to help the only people who give humanity a fighting chance for radical change. You, the perfectionist. As you get older, you have choice in curating the world by what you choose to expose yourself to and what you don't. As social creatures, we learn from each other. If you haven't learned from anyone that is a perfectionist and doesn't use it as an excuse or blame or is disempowered by it, Of course you don't know how to be empowered by it. Like, duh, I didn't know until I read 750 books and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and 30 years of my life figuring it out. Having control of your perfectionism, it's not about like avoiding certain things or soothing yourself in the heat of the moment, like the deep breaths in the last episode is about seeding your brain, like putting seeds in your brain to have gorgeous flexibility in constructing your predictions before the heat of the moment. If Allison in this scenario had been working with me, looking at, okay, I've done a stellar job, I've gotten awesome reviews, it it wouldn't have been a prediction error. I'm gonna read the email. Hey, we need to talk. You can collect your belongings if you want before. Come join us in the conference room. Literally exact same email. Has that ever happened to you where someone says something or you read something and then you go back and read it and you're like, oh my God, that doesn't even say what I thought it said? Yeah, this is why. It's because you don't know yet how to speak interoceptively. You're, I don't know what the word is, illiterate. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, what's the opposite of fluent? You're illiterate in the most important language that you could ever learn, especially if you are a parent. You have the gorgeous flexibility in constructing your predictions before the heat of the moment. So that email comes along and you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder what, I wonder what surprise is there for me. 
And you're thinking about that report, all the compliments that you got on it. You're thinking about how you're so glad that this is happening because you have been living according to your values and your time and schedule has reflected that. And when you go in to your daughter's class for career corner to talk about your job, you can emphasize to all of the tiny humans in there by being a living, breathing example that you don't need to sacrifice one thing for the other. For those of us that are parents, you know the signs before it's like a two-day meltdown. You've learned the signs. So that way your child is not straight out of, you know, is Damien from a Stephen King. (laughs) This language, yes, you are becoming fluent in the language of you, but you're also becoming fluent in just the language of being a human on the inside. You don't have to go through the painful process of learning everything on your own. Like, I don't think any of us have 30 years to learn all of this stuff. That's why I did it for you. Okay, go to CourtneyLoveGavin.com slash optimized, or you can click the link in the show notes so that you can start predicting a different tomorrow. The reason why I I make this podcast episode, and we're almost at 200 episodes now, the reason why I make this podcast free is because 92% of our human community on planet Earth is impacted by perfectionism. There are lots of people that are feeling terrible on the inside while they achieve awesomely on the outside. And I don't want you to be one of them. It would mean the absolute world to me, but way more important than me, it may change the world of someone else if you would share a favorite episode of this podcast with someone. A lot of times people don't even want to say that they're a perfectionist or admit it because they have such a a negative connotation of what being a perfectionist is. Maybe just send it to someone and you don't even have to say like, hey, I really think this would fix your issue because that's not what we're about here. I know that if you are listening to this long in the episode, you are listening because something resonates. How amazing would you be to to share the podcast with a friend now so that you can discuss these episodes together after. Take care.